Do you I, reckon you can can you trim the silences? Because there were a lot of very long ones. I yeah, noticed. yeah. Hello and welcome to episode two of the UGVM podcast. It's almost like this could be a thing now. Um, I'm your host, Andy Kavner, but you can call me DK. And with me today are Luffer. Hello. And Zoe. Hello. And Toby Newman. Hello there. How are you, gentlemen? I've personally been better. I'm suffering with a cold. Oh. I have no ailments of which to speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm tippity top. Good. Oh, well, three out of four is not bad, so... Um, so what's happened since last episode, uh, apart from people actually asking us to do another episode, which was quite surprising. Did people actually uh, ask, or did we just voice it upon them? Well, um, no, we did get some people say do another one, so I suppose we should do another one. Um, but anyway, um, well, since last episode, um, the new PS Plus and Games of Gold titles have come out, and Niaz has asked us to go through them all. So if I just make a quick mention of those. Um, so for PS Plus in October, we had Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain in PS4. That is good. Yes? That is good. People should play that. <laughs> okay. I don't like Metal Gear Solid, but good. Fine. I played the first Metal Gear Solid. I've never played another one. Maybe I should go back to them. Yeah, I no. played the demo. What's the, the free or the small first Ground, level? Ground that? Zeroes. Yeah, so that was excellent. I keep meaning to get back to the main one, but there's yeah. no time. But yeah, it's, so it's the Ground Zero brilliant. That was the the Ground Zeroes was free on PS Plus a while back as well, I think, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, I've not played it. Um, <laughs> as well as that, there's Amnesia Collection on the PS4. No, no idea. I'm too scared to uh, play that. Personally, yeah, too scary. Okay. And Hue, which I'm guessing is some kind of colour-based game or something for PS4 and Vita. Controls your light bulbs. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, Skyforce Anniversary for PS4 and Vita. Nope. I'm no guessing idea. it's a remaster of Skyforce. I don't we know what that is. Yeah. Don't we? No. Um, rigs for PSVR, which I understand is one of the better PSVR games. Is that something to do with lorry driving? I oh, no, no, no. That's um, it's like a mech game. Um, it always I haven't played it, but it always looked like a motion sickness nightmare to me. Lots of jumping around in a mech, but I haven't uh, played it, so maybe not. So oh, right. the uh, the desire for big rigs VR goes unfulfilled. It it does sadly, yeah. Well, you can play um, Euro Truck in VR if you really want that experience. It's not but the same, is it? It works. No, you, you can't drive through anything on on that. So. No, you can drive through Europe. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not, not, not through as... actual Europeans though. No, no. Um, Monster Jam Battlegrounds on the PS3. Is that anything to do with Player Unknown Battlegrounds? No, I'm guessing not. <laughs> Like a Halloween special, I don't know. And um, Hustle Kings on the PS3, which I'm going to guess is a pool game, maybe? I believe so. I played it on Vita. It was fun-ish for a pool game. Oh. And there we are. They they all yeah. sound wonderful. Um, and on the other side, um, the games of gold for this month are Gone Home on the Xbox One. That's we good. have been meaning to play, but never got around to, so maybe now's the time. Yeah, yeah. It is pretty, it's pretty good. It's one of the few games that I've played through on a PC. So if you start now, you'll have done by the time we finish recording. That's true. It's not very long. Um, oh, if, maybe I have played that one. Is that the one where you walk around the house as a girl and try and figure out the story? Yes. Oh, yes. I played that. That's that's right. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't remember that. It was that good. You forgot it. It's <laughs> memorable. Yeah. yeah. Um, also on the Xbox One is the Turing Test. Well, I've read the blurb and it sort of looked like a bit like Gone Home in Space, I think, but I don't know much more about it than that. 
Okay, odd, odd choice to have two kind of similar type games there, but anyway. Um, and on the Xbox 360, Rayman 3 HD, so a remake of, of a remake, and it's mm. even the remake's old now, and it's not the best one in the Rayman series. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. I finished it on the Dreamcast. It's got lovely art. Um, that was Rayman humour. Yeah. Well, three's good as well. Three's also good. I bought um, three when it first came out on GameCube, and then I bought it when it was um, ported to 360 the first time, and I've never played Rayman 3. No, yeah, no, no. It's fun. It's 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 got some like sort of little mini game bits in it where you had to sort of jump to the music or ride around in a shoe. I think it's you shrink down into your own shoe and drive it around. Um, but no, it's good fun. Um, my son was playing it on the Xbox One, and the 360 version runs really nicely. It's like pegged at maximum frames per second constantly. The the audio is a bit blurry because it's an old game, so you can tell it's I don't know half cd quality i guess um but if you put subtitles on you can hear it fine i i stand by it. i think it's quality no it's good okay. fair enough and then uh medal of honor airborne which i i don't know medal of honor no no yeah, yeah. no idea brown shooting game I, i'm gonna guess there's more airplanes in it than the other medal of honor games i read the blurb and i think it's a bit open like you sort of parachute in and you get to not walk directly forwards through doors but maybe choose which direction to go which sounds good but so, um yeah medal of honor games are they supposed to be better or worse than call of duty worse mm, well, they, that were, question. they were the predecessor like the first yeah. medal of honor one was kind of ground, groundbreaking for its time it had that omaha beach was it or yeah, I, I, I think it peaked with allied assault which was around yeah. about the same time as the first call of duty came out and has been kind of irrelevant since yeah, yeah. If, I, if i could remember being impressed by a demo of the first one somewhere and thinking that would be great if I liked that kind of game, and I don't like that kind of game. So yeah. Yeah, that was it. Oh, well. So um, pick of that lot, then Metal Gear Solid Five. Definitely. Yeah? Good. Well, yeah, all- I think so. Nobody really cares. Anyway, moving on. Um, so something completely different, um, which has been happening, well, it's been happening now for, for nearly two years, but um, certainly over the last few weeks, is the, um, the ZX um, Vega Plus saga. Um, and this week saw um, probably the most convincing end to it yet. Um, they've passed the final deadline. They've been given no more extensions. Um, everyone involved seems to have vanished. Um, over half a million pounds uh, on, on this kick, well, not Kickstarter, Indiegogo, sorry, uh, campaign, and it's just disappeared. Now, th- there's an awful lot going on, and um, we need to be careful of libel and lies and, and that kind of thing. So I should say everything's currently based on rumor and speculation. Um, but have any of you seen what's been going on? I haven't been following it at all. I mean, I okay. don't know much about the hardware, honestly. Okay. I know it was a Kickstarter, was it, or an Indiegogo project that Indiegogo, was very popular? Yeah. So, so basically, um, a few years ago, um, somebody decided to put together a handheld but connects to a TV, so basically a joypad um, version of the ZX Spectrum. And the uh, campaign was reasonably successful, and they completed it. I think there were some delays and stuff, but the, the final product got shipped out. It, it wasn't a particularly good product. It wasn't wasn't particularly well built. Um, it suffered from the fact that obviously the Spectrum had a keyboard, and the controller that this is all built into doesn't. Um, so for most like basic games, it was kind of okay. But anything that needed more than three or four buttons, it was stuffed basically. I do remember seeing that one. And I'd always wondered how you used it when it didn't have a keyboard attached to it. it yeah, baffled me completely. Well, I mean that's that's the problem with a lot of the games. Is even if the game itself only needs like four directions and a fire button. The fact is you have to get through the menus. You have to choose which type of joystick you want. So you need like number buttons usually to, to get through that part. Um, but, but they made it work somehow. And it, you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't a terrible flop. But my understanding is they made a loss on it. 
Okay, so you fast forward a little bit and they decided to come up with the ZX Vega Plus, um, which originally seemed to be the same kind of innards as the first one, only now it's um, all completely handheld, so it doesn't connect to a TV. It's got a, um, a small screen in it. It looks a bit like a, a, um, a PlayStation Vita. And um, and so that went on to, to an Indiegogo campaign as well, and it did really well. It's had, I think, 4,000 backers, 4,500 backers, something like that. And in total, they've taken half a million pounds or just over half a million pounds. Um, now, in the in the process of, of, of this going through, um, two of, I think, the four main people involved in it uh, left the company. And the reason they gave for doing that seems to be uh, financial. And also they weren't happy with the direction the project was going in. Now, I, I may be wrong, but but the, the point of the story there is they've left. They have nothing else to do with it anymore. And uh, since they've gone, everything seemed to go very quiet. There were occasional um, updates showing um, um, plastic bits of tat that weren't real Vega Pluses. There were um, boxes which were clearly the original Vega boxes, but had been photoshopped or actually cut with a pair of scissors to look like real boxes for the new one. Um, Very few people have actually seen working um, models of, of the Vega Plus and um and supposedly they've gone into production and they're nearing the end of production they've they've been doing this now since um certainly since october last year and um there's there's been a lot of people chasing them up on indiegogo there's been a few um high profile tech websites uh, like the register have actually taken the um the story on and um ultimately every time anybody makes a complaint about it or threatens them with legal action they use that as an excuse to delay the project by another couple of months so um it was getting worse and worse and um now even even some of the real supporters of the project um such as lee fogarty who who is currently running the world of spectrum website amongst other things um have disappeared and have have called them out on it as well so um it's been quite interesting it's quite sad for all the people involved um the people who put the money in there um but i don't think anybody's under any illusion that anything's going to happen now and uh, as I said, the, the final deadline for things to definitely appear, you'll definitely be getting them, seemed to be yesterday. So uh, who set that deadline? Where did that deadline come from? Well, uh, over the last few years, they've been saying they'll be shipping by this day or you will have them in your hands by this day or there's been a slight delay, but you'll have them within a couple of weeks. And the very last one they said was that you'll, you know, you'll get them mid-October. And mid-October. How, how, much, how much people, hello, how much money have people put in? Like how much is it to pledge? In total, I think it's a, I think it's uh, to actually get a unit. It's about a hundred pounds, hundred and twenty pounds, something like that. There's a few extra perks if you want to put your name on um, some uh, roll of honor to go in it. You know, like the usual in the credits thing. But um, yeah, it's it's been quite a um, uh, quite a disappointment for everyone. Um, and that's another thing as well. Supposedly, people were going to get these things, and yet the questionnaire that's supposed to come out from Indiegogo asking for your final name to go on this roll of honor hasn't happened. So it's quite telling that, that that nobody knows what's going on. Um, there's also, and this is where the, the libel thing, so again, it's all, it's all kind of uh, not so much hearsay, but n- not proven fact, but there are suggestions that the, the two people still at um, Retro Computers Limited, who are the people running the, the Indiegogo campaign, um, they may uh, have pulled this kind of stunt in the past. Um, and there's also suggestions that they're using the money from this campaign to pay the losses on the original campaign. So mm. there is no money. There are no units. They've gone. That's it. I mean, if if that's the case, they just have to do another campaign after this one to pay oh, for absolutely. this one. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then... 
and so it continues it could it could never go wrong but yeah i thought it was it's something that, that i came into in the middle i wasn't really interested in the original product because it, it didn't look like my kind of thing i've already got a nintendo ds that i can play all the spectrum games i want to play on it in a handheld format you know so, so i'm not really concerned that but i was interested in it was interesting once started thing to go a bit once things started to go a bit wrong just how wrong they went um i still like to be proved wrong i'd like it to come out i'd like people to get one it's not going to happen were you a backer i wasn't a backer no no um and i'm glad i wasn't as well there's very few things actually on kickstarter indiegogo that are back and this this is this is i probably wouldn't have done in the first having said that when it came out if it came out i'd be tempted perhaps to buy one so yeah sad um has anybody got any anybody else got any uh news they would like to share since uh, our last podcast uh well we've got a new xbox one dashboard that was released today apparently Do you- does it have it yet? I haven't turned on. I don't have an Xbox One, so I can't comment. I just saw it on the news and thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that's like. Yeah, I, I hope mine's downloaded automatically, but I haven't had a chance to try it yet. But I did watch uh, a video of it. I watched a video to see what was coming. And what did you um, think, being an Xbox One user? Is it look like an improvement? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it was just, it kind of looked like all the same buttons, but in a different place. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of fine with the one as it is, honestly. Um, it didn't blow me away. I wasn't like, wow, this is cool. Uh, I've, um, I've, I've had it for about two weeks, um, and it's big. Like the, the the big icon on the front screen for whatever you were last playing or your current active thing is now half of the screen, literally half the screen. It's huge. Um, it, everything seems to be... I mean, there's less visible stuff, which presumably means everything's more tucked away. Um, the new guide overlay seems a lot more well thought out, um, but I've not really noticed too much because I still... I actually use connect to navigate my most of the time i just shout at it and it does things is there lots of advertising baked into it still um there's a bit um i it's no more egregious than it was before one thing that's quite good is you can plug in a random third-party usb webcam now and it will support it and if you're doing streaming um then it will just let you know overlay that over the top of your game which i thought was quite good and computery of them for a console but you apparently you can't stream to youtube uh, yeah, they, they use their what's their Microsoft's thing that they oh, mixer mixer. mixer yeah. They're trying very hard to sell a mixer when it doesn't work. So did it <laughs> did it used to stream to YouTube and now it doesn't, or is this? No, I think it's stream to Twitch. I think it still does stream to Twitch. Maybe I would imagine so. Yeah. No. So you, I, I think you have a choice of Twitch or Mixer. I don't know about YouTube honestly, but who streams to YouTube? I don't know anyone who does that. I've, I've done it once. It's more of a thing. But uh, I think it's fairly niche still. Uh, Twitch seems to be the go-to place for streaming, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if anything, the the lean is going to be more from YouTube to Twitch now that YouTube are alienating everybody by banning adverts on just about every video that's uploaded. So yeah. while we're talking about Xbox One dashboard, what do people think is the best UI for a console? I still think the original Xbox 360 Blade was the best I've come across. It was. It was the best except for when you had more than about 20 or 30 games on your on your console and scrolling down you didn't play um like viva pinata because it was at the bottom of the list yeah i I think (laughs) at the moment the the ps4 is the best one for handling a load of stuff um like the the switch one is beautiful and really easy to use but it also has the advantage of not having anything on it (laughs) i've not used the switch how does that i mean is that like the 3ds one with the tiles or it's it's even more simplified than that it's it's basically 10 massive squares um on the screen and of those 10 you can only see maybe four and a bit 
at any one time and you scroll left and right when you've got more than 10 games or apps or whatever on there there's a button that lets you show them all and that's it um, on the wii and on the wii u the gui would have like a grid of your games and then you could swipe left for another blank page or another blank page and they would give you like five or eight blank pages yeah. and on both of those bits of hardware i never really filled more than one or one and a half pages just because there's never much content for the hardware yeah on on the on the 3ds uh, it's it's kind of similar to the to the wii u one but instead of uh having pages it literally just scrolls um and you can make the icons bigger or smaller to show more on the screen and I've got yeah. so many things installed on my 3DS that um, it actually told me there's no space for any more icons. Oh, wow. So mm. when, when you hit, I think it's 280-something, then it, it starts making them disappear. They're still physically installed on your device, but you can't play them unless you delete some other stuff. Can you can put them in folders. Yeah. You can put them in folders, but it remembers that whether they're in folders or not. It, it's 280 in total, whether they're in folders huh. or not. So the, the oh. folders are just there to organize stuff. You think it would be 256, wouldn't you? 280 is a weird place to stop. Yeah, and the odd thing is, is there's actually spaces for around about 340, but you just physically can't put them in there. It's also made slightly worse that if you use Badge Arcade on the 3DS, um, you can win badges and you can use those badges as icons. Um, Now, whether they take up any space in terms of as if it's an app or a program or or whatever, I don't know. Um, But perhaps you can fill up the extra spaces in there. But it just seems a strange arbitrary number otherwise. I suspect that they never even knew what the limit was because you're the only person with 280 <laughs> things installed. Have you bought the same game three times? Uh, no, you can't. Not on one. Not on one device. You can't do it anyway. But I, I have got the same game a couple of times, both digitally and um, with a cartridge. So yeah. But no, I've bought loads of stuff. But it's not just games though. There's there's, there's videos and stuff on there as well, and some apps and things on there. So um, yeah, there's, there's there's more than just just the games. But I do have yeah 280 odd of them. I was a load of demos as well, so yeah. Why would I delete them? <laughs> so, next thing I had was um, a bit of Twitter controversy regarding an Edge review that came out recently. I think we all know which review it was. It's the Mario, new Mario game. Um, can we all just take oh, a we've got to a laugh 10, at how ludicrous it is that anyone would think that the Edge review has actually been bought? Well, yeah. judging from all the other reviews of it that have since come out, I, I, I think they're pretty much on the mark, aren't they, with everyone else? It would seem that way. Yeah. I, I, think, I didn't actually realise that any other reviews had, had already come out. Yeah, um, Famitsu came out yesterday, today, with 39 out of 40. Uh, I, mean, I was expecting it to, in all likelihood, get a 10. Yeah. yeah. It is only the uh-huh. 20th time they've awarded a 10 out of 10, so it's going to be something special, isn't it? Well, that's it true, is. but you look at the other 19, and there's only three of them are worth it, so that's <laughs> a lie. They, they, they tend to be very good with these things. I, I agree with them for the most part. But they gave Halo a 10. So. Which is perfectly reasonable. Not for Halo, but anyway. <laughs> there, there was a big argument about that where a lot of people were complaining. Well, Halo was important. It was the first online shooter. No, not Which quite. wasn't the first it, online it shooter. Wasn't even it was an online, an online shooter. shooter. No, exactly. They're all forgetting Quake 3 on the um, Dreamcast, which, again, probably wasn't the first either, but it was certainly before Halo. But anyway. But considering what a minority console the Switch is, it, they have actually got two 10 out of 10s from Edge for games. Yes, that's true. But you say it's know, a console, it's a different one too. Did Out Trigger come before or after Quake Three on the Dreamcast? I don't know. I don't know. Was that on last Quake That was a yeah. It was a. It was basically a Quake clone. You know, like a oh right deathmatch game. Out Trigger. Yeah, I, I know the name. I don't remember playing it, but yeah, you could be right. Anyway, so, so who who supposedly uh, who suggested that that this is this review was paid for then? Where, I can't where, remember the exact person. It was another online 
um, gaming publication, which I can't remember which one it was, one of their reviewers uh, suggested that it was a bought for because it was Ken. They got it two weeks early, and must be something funny going on there. Oh, so they're crying they didn't get it first, basically. Yeah, basically. It's something about ethics in video game journalism. Oh, they're always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Yeah. So, so we don't think that it was bought, and even if it was bought, it's pretty much what it should have got anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, good. Right. Uh, moving on. Uh, there's a an update for Team Fortress Two. Um, I think it's today or in the last couple of days, which is just kind of crazy and noteworthy because that game's ten years old now. Um, is it is, is the update because it's now ten years old and they're celebrating that, or is it just um, coincidence? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence either. Um, but it doesn't say ten year update. It's just you know the fact that this happened ten years later. It's I don't know. It seems likely that they're connected, right? They might. Have, I, I don't know. Honestly, speculation. But um, yeah, all, all of the graphics it's based around a uh, like a a jurassic park mock-up but instead of dinosaurs it's yetis uh, and then the yetis get all killed so then they just all shoot each other that's the gist of it there's a there's a new short from uh, valve which if you're thirsty from anything from valve these days then it's always nice when something you know another morsel comes out for us to consume so has it been uh, suggested yet that this this update contains something to do with half-life 3 i have not that i've seen Okay, and is this update a free update or is it a paid download? Well, the, the game is free, so I think it's just more maps for the game because it's been, the game's been free for quite a long time now. Okay, well, it still has a very large following, so it's a good thing it's still being supported. Yeah, um, mind you, I do do occasionally. Do they have um, um, like add-ons that people win in them and sell and stuff? Like that? Like, yeah, they, they make a lot of money on hats. Yeah, that's probably it then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they've seen that tail off a bit and they've um, dragged out an update to to make a bit more money. But it's quite nice to have a game that will run on anyone's PC. You know, you can pretty much say to someone, let's play this. And chances are nowadays their computer will be able to run it and it's free. So it's like a nice um, lowest common denominator game. Sure. Okay. Uh, there's another update today for a game called Gigantic, which um, I quite like, which is like a third-person MOBA. It's a bit like Smite. Um, I, I'm particularly fond of it because of the art style and the animation um, and also it's fun but you know the first two things are, are quite important for me um, anyway they've got a new character out today a necromancer and a new level and there's not many levels in the game so a new one is uh, warming okay but i haven't played either of those yet because like i say it's, it's brand new today is that a free update or yeah it's a free game with a free update it's a free to play um game it's it's a cross-platform xbox 360 and pc game right okay good Okay, I've I've got a couple of bits. Um, First, breaking news. We can probably be the first podcast in the world to report on this. Um, As of about half an hour ago, um, EA... Sorry? You're assuming it's tomorrow and get it out. Andy, you're cutting out all the time. Okay, I'm I'm assuming that um, uh, we're going to get this out tomorrow and then it will be breaking news, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll call it breaking news. Probably the breaking news stab. Oh, do we have breaking news music? Yeah. We will do. Yeah. Okay, good. right, let's, let's do that. Anyway, <laughs> as of about half an hour ago, as of time of recording, uh, EA have announced that Visceral Games has been shut down. Visceral Games, mm. best known for the Dead Space series. They also did Battlefield Hardline. Um, most notably, they've been working on a secret Star Wars game for uh, the last two years that Amy Hennig nef- left Naughty Dog to join to the subject of much publicity. That game has never been revealed and nobody knows where it is now because the studio making it is no more. Oh, okay. And they've well, given... that's sad. Sure. 
that is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed Dead Space Extraction, which was a light game, light gun game on the Wii. Um, I, the, the Dead Space One game was too scary for me. I played a bit of it and, and noped out. Skipped Dead Space Two, and I played Dead Space Three in co-op. Which, if you play in co-op, it completely diffuses the fear factor. So I was able yeah. to play that, but um, it was just a third-person shooter, cover-based shooter, not particularly great. But um, Dead Space Extraction was a fantastic light gun game. It was, yeah. That was. Uh, I've played um, some of Dead Space One. It was too scary. Gave up. Too scary. Gave up. Dead Space Extraction was a bit, but I don't know. It seemed to seem to be able to cope with it. I think because it was on rail. So, but yeah, that was that was good as well. Yeah. Yeah. The so, thing about Dead Space Extraction is you didn't have to walk forward. It walked forward for you. So yeah. you, didn't, you didn't like in a game where I have to walk into a room that's full of limbs hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. I just won't. I'll just walk in another direction. So. So do we know what's happened to the people that work for the the uh, for serial? Are they going to be moved, or are they just being? Made they, they have said that they're moving as many as they can into other studios. No. So we'll see what happens. Dead Space so. was really popular, so I'm kind of surprised. I mean, it was a. I don't oh, the, think Dead Space Three was. I think they. I no, didn't play it, but didn't they? They put a load of in-app purchases in it and stuff. Yeah, there were a lot of microtransactions in Dead Space Three, and there was a massive backlash, and sales suffered as a result. But I doubt that that was anybody at Visceral's decision. Hmm. No, I mean I played the first Dead Space, but I didn't play any after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and uh, my other uh, idle bit of news, uh, which is from about four days ago now, um, IGN have bought Humble Bundle. And, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it seems uh, a- that is a bit weird. Hope, hopefully, things will remain as they are at the moment. But um, you would hope so. IGN, uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah well, I, IGN said that they would. That. Sorry, say that again. It's IGN. I misheard it. Yes, yeah, IGN. IGN. And their, their statement said they were not planning on changing anything. They just wanted to fund them so that they could, t- could could continue to do the good things that they'd been doing, which is promising. But also, it's just something that a company said. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see, see how it goes. There is a new humble bundle today, by the way, um, but I don't Australian know. Australian on it, yeah. Water Talking of things being bought out, there is uh, another bit of slightly off-topic news, but slightly related. Shirt Punch. Don't know if you've ever heard of Shirt Punch. No. They make lots of T-shirts. You get a like an email shot every day, and there's new designs every day. Um, and they went very quiet about three or four months ago, um, and then just recently has been relaunched with new ownership and so that's all good and everything's back to normal on that front t-shirts from humble bundle that's from i'm sorry from shirt punch good Play. and uh i don't want to go first this time would you somebody like to volunteer i can go first um okay. so i've been playing um Dishonored, the Brigmore Witches, which is the DLC for Dishonored 1. Um, I recently finished Dishonored 2, really enjoyed it. It's, I mean, it's really my kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back and got the DLC that I previously skipped over. Um, I played Dowd's, whatever the, the first one was. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, just recently finished the Brigmore Witches. Um, that game's like five years old now, Dishonored 1, but it still looks fantastic. Like I just came out of Dishonored 2 and went back to Dishonored 1 and I didn't really detect the downgrade in the graphics because the art style elevates it out of the lower poly that you have going back to a five-year-old game. Um, so yeah, really fantastic to look at. Um, fable, the art style, it's kind of like not quite cartoon, but not quite realistic. It's kind of somewhere between the stylized, two. Stylized, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything stylized like that seems to last. You look at things like Wind Waker and things like that, and they've just they they just don't age those sorts of stylized games. 
yeah. and the art direction on Dishonored, like they're just really good color palette, really good lighting, really nice scenes, really nice level design that it just carries forward. It doesn't, I think it's not going to age for a while. Um, so yeah, finish that. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting is so in the game, you find these bone charms, which are like mutators, I guess, that give you new skills. Um, and there's a bone charm in Brigmore Witches that doesn't occur in any of the other Dishonored games. It's called Statuesque, which um, means when you stand still, you go invisible. So you can sort of creep up behind someone, and when they turn around, you just stop, and you can be literally face-to-face with them, and they'll look straight past you, and then when they turn around. Um, trouble was it was completely overpowered. So, I mean, obviously, that's that's a really useful skill. It meant that your, like your magic energy, your mana, I forget what they call it, doesn't regenerate but you could turn it off in the menu system and then your stuff would start regenerating again. So I found myself playing the second half of the game once I got this um, bone charm. I would have it enabled and then walk somewhere and then when I was hidden, I'd have to press escape and go through the menus and turn the bone charm off and then turn another one on and then play a bit more. And I was toggling backwards and forwards like that because it was the safest way to play and the you know the, the way to succeed at the game. But it, it was a bit emotion-breaking, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you know, the gameplay style itself, I mean, it gives you all of these different abilities. And, um, you know, you can, like, teleport. You can uh, create new versions of yourself. Um, you can pull people around. But honestly, I all I need is the uh, the blink, which is what lets you teleport and choking people out. And that's I play the whole game by just sort of hiding in a corner, waiting for someone to walk past, grab them, pull them in the corner, choke them, and then just do that until the whole level's dead and then run around the level at speed, picking up all the bonuses. I kind of end up feeling a bit like a funnel whip spider or something, you know, because I'm like sort of hiding in the shadow waiting for the, the creature to come past or the, you know, the person and then just jump out, grab them and pull them back in again. Um, but I could do that for hours and hours. It's fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm well into my Deus Ex, well into Dishonored. That, that game type is just endlessly fun for me. The thing I liked about Dishonored, the, the first game, is um, I first played it at um, EGX or at Eurogamer Expo, and, and uh, I literally only played it because there wasn't much of a queue. And when I started playing it, I realized it's basically Bioshock. What, only instead of, instead of all the, the, the powers that you get in there through the tonics and things, you get them through, through the, the, um, the, the bone charms and stuff instead. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, but I don't like Bioshock for some reason. I've never really, I mean, I finished Bioshock what? 1 and I've never played any of the others, but um, I think I just don't like the art style of it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, has this okay. like skeuomorphic art yeah. style that I, I don't get on with. Yeah, I'll just edit that bit where you said that. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was, okay. The art style was the only thing I liked about Bioshock. Really? <laughs> well, the <laughs> different strokes. See, there's a lot of people who really, 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 really like it. I mean, I, 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 I thought it was fantastic. Bioshock Two was, was, I think, was in terms of story not quite as good, but in terms of actual mechanics, a lot better. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But. Um, it surprises me that people didn't like it at all. I, was, I finished Bioshock 1, I installed Bioshock 2, and I played the first 15 minutes of it, and then I uninstalled it because I was like, no, I don't want to do this again. So there we go. I'll probably try, what is it, Infinite, the Sky yeah. one? Infinite, like that one. a bit more like Dishonored, actually. And there's, yeah, there's a, quite a bit like Blink as well. So um, Also, I've been playing a game called Fortnite, F-O-R-T-N-I-T-E, um, which um, is a little bit, um, talked about at the moment because of its similarity to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um, it really is similar to Battlegrounds. I, I don't have Battlegrounds because um, I haven't bought it yet, but uh, I've seen videos of it. And Fortnite is, I mean, it's like right on the nose. It's basically the same game, but with a couple of extra bits. So, in, you know, in, 
instead of flying over an island in a plane, in a cargo plane, you fly over an island in a bus on a balloon. Um, <laughs> you, you land, you um, scavenge for some weapons. There's a, a ever-decreasing circle and you end up in the middle and you, you shoot each other. Um, it's got more fun graphics than um, Plunk Bat, where we play around known battle rounds. Um, the graphics are kind of like... I would, I said they're a bit like Day of the Tentacle. They're like that 1950s cartoon style, you know, where like all the buildings are squashed in the middle. Um, lots of white picket fences and stuff. Um, the characters are all um, colourful, cartoony, which jives a bit better with me than the sort of grey, boring um, Plunk Bat graphics. In terms of whether it's a rip-off of um, Plunk Bat, I, I mean, it strikes me that Fortnite's made by Epic Games. Um, I remember them being called Epic Mega Games, which I think is probably the best hmm. name of a game company ever. The, the games are Mega and Epic. Uh, and when I was playing Quake, uh, and Unreal came out from Epic Mega Games. I mean, it was basically the same game, right? It was just the same game, but with more fun, colorful graphics. This feels like a remix of that situation again. You know, they've taken an existing first-person or third-person shooter property and, and done their own take on it. Um, you, you say that, you, but I'm pretty sure Fortnite was announced at e3 in like 2014 or something and then yeah, it was to come out um, no it's uh fortnite uh, was announced years and years and years ago and it was meant to be a survival sim right um, and so it, it still is yeah and it still is and it came out on early access but you had to buy in um a, about a few months ago and it was still just this survival game and then a couple of weeks ago, they announced out of the blue that they were doing a free-to-play mode that you could start now that was a, a Battle Royale game that was basically a clone of PUBG. Um, and I think the controversy came with the fact that it was actually um, Player Unknown who went to Epic in the first place because he made that with Unreal, um, got them to help him modify the engine so it could accommodate 100 players at once. Um, they helped him do it and then went and released their own version. Oh, I see. Okay. It, it does stand on top of it a bit because you can build and you, you can um, get raw materials and craft forts and ramps. It's a bit like, um, you know, the bridge builder in Lemmings. So you can sort of build a platform and then step on that platform and then build another platform and traverse the level like that. So it does add a little bit on top. It's not a complete copy, but it's very much a copy. You know, it's a copy plus a bit. It's a, an extension. Um but it's fun. I mean, you know, putting aside whether it's right or not, um, I've played it single player. Um, that's good fun. It's quite exhilarating when you, um, you know, you find yourself on your own and you, you're trying to have a one-to-one with someone and whether you win or not, if you die, it's not too much of a punishment because you'll then automatically spectate the person who killed you until they die, in which case you spectate the person who killed them. And it carries on in that fashion until finally you're spectating the person who wins. So you get to learn from other people and see who won in your game. It's actually quite addictive seeing, you know, how it plays out after you die. I've also played it in three player co-op so you can build like squads and it puts you into a map with other squads of three players. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we played it uh, for a whole evening with three of us. And, you know, when you're jumping out of the bus and you're trying to choose where to land, you're on voice comms and you're, you're saying, well, you know, do you land in the middle of that conurbation where everyone's landing or do you land in the middle of the, the woodlands where there's no weapons, but there's no people? And like, you know, well, maybe you should land sort of two thirds of the way across because that's where no one else will land, but it's close enough to get the benefits. And you've got to have all of these conversations while you're falling out of the sky and falling, following each other. Um, we managed to survive one round until we were third from the end, which was pretty good going. I was chuffed with that. 
um, but also kind of cheap. Um, I died, one of my friends died, and the remaining one just happened to be quite close to the middle of the, the closing circle. And we could see some people who were good at the game, who had lots of weapons, were building a fort in the middle of the circle. So he just sprint, sprinted underneath their fort in that little bit that you get underneath raised houses. I don't know what it's called. And um, and just hid there. <laughs> and then every, all the, the remaining players were coming out of the storm, which is like the dead, deadly circle. And you could see these people who, who were good at the game um, picking them off as they as they approach and then eventually it was just the people on the top of the fort and this lurker underneath the fort and he had to come out and try and take them out and he had a pea shooter and they had a rocket launcher so it didn't it didn't end our way but it's exciting to watch you know it's you, you don't know how it's going to play out it's um it gets your adrenaline going it's good good um other things i've been playing some rocket league not much to say about that it's um it's good but everyone knows it's good it feels a bit like a modern successor to speedball 2 to me which is like a fun version of football um really high skill ceiling on it um also been playing some guacamole super turbo championship edition um stuck at the moment on this really tricky area where there are these like, we before them... you even before you even explain this i'm pretty sure i know where you are <laughs> <laughs> right well okay so it, I'm playing it co-op with my son and it's a screen where there are spinning blades at the bottom and what we call screen-wide damages, which are, I don't know what they're really called. They're like these things that if you don't get them within five seconds, they damage everything on the screen. Yeah. And you, you have to goat fly left and right into them. Yes. Is this the bit? Do you know the bit? Uh, yeah, I know, I know the bit you mean, yeah. Did you get past it? Yes. Yeah, I've, 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 I, think, I think I've 100%ed it as well. Uh, okay so we were stuck on it for a while got a bit frustrated but in, enjoyably so um but i've had a look for some advice and i hadn't actually realized that the costumes are not cosmetic they give you different skills yes so i'm going to have a look at what costumes we've got and see if we can get one that enables us to more quickly kill them because at the moment it's taking like three or four trips left and right to kill each screen white damager which is uh grueling you're just bound to make a mistake when you do that many so yeah yeah um also, Hotline Miami 2, colon, wrong number. I'm about two hours into this now. I, I know it reviewed poorly, but I actually, I'm finding it's really good. I really enjoyed the first one, and so far it seems to be more of the same. It's the only game that sort of recreates for me that scene um, in The Terminator, uh, where, where he's in the police station. He's just going room to room, just massacring everyone. Um, for me, it, it has that exact feel, and um, it's... Uh, it's got great music, great graphics. I'm still enjoying that very much. I'm guessing you're not playing that one co-op with your son. No. <laughs> no. Um, also, I think Luffer, did you get me Singularity as a present? I think you may have done. It's possible. I, yeah. I went through a phase of buying random games for people. So I finished that this week. Um, it's been on my hard disk for a while. Um, it was quite good. I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't like a, I wouldn't call it an essential game. It's basically a Half-Life 2 era first-person shooter with some physics-y weapons, um, weapons where you can like fire around from a gun and then control the bullet to make it go around corners or launch a grenade and then steer the grenade underneath someone's shield. Um, its gimmick is time travel and it has some quite nice levels where you sort of travel forwards and backwards in time and it all happens in real time. So you're going down a corridor as it's crumbling around you and that kind of thing. Um, one of the things that I liked about it a lot was the ragdolls on the bad guys are really long. Like, so you, you, sh- it's, it's, a, it's basically a shoot people in the head game and walk forward game. Um, so you get used to sort of popping five guys in the head and then going around the next corner. But 
some every now and then you get a death animation that's like like 30 seconds long it feels like so you shoot him and he falls down and then he he crawls for a bit and then he reaches for his gun and then he stops and then he tries to get up and falls over and you're like is this guy dead or not like it kept catching me out which was kind of nice so often in games you know you shoot people and they just fall over and die and it's it's like a binary state whereas in life you know if you get shot you might not die for a while and you might be dangerous but, you know it's not something that you really do in games is it um yeah I, that's about it for me i think okay uh if we move on to luffer then what have you been up to uh well mainly i've been playing project cars 2 which i thoroughly enjoy uh, okay, we we did we did mention this briefly in the last episode, and um, it was discovered yes. that nobody in the world can get round the first corner on the track. Well, that's <laughs> because you're no good. I didn't play it because I knew I wouldn't be able to get around the first corner on the on the track. So I, c- I couldn't get around the first corner. There we go. That's so so in our in our straw poll of two, um, <laughs> nobody can get round the corner on the track. So okay, well maybe you need to get a wheel and pedal set and practice a bit. Okay. Because uh, Project Cars 2 is quickly becoming my favorite racing sim of all the racing sims I own, and I own a lot. Because so what differentiates it? I love the force feedback that you get from the wheel. It's one of the best for the force feedback, in my opinion. Uh, you can really get a sense of what the car's doing. Uh, they seem to have really nailed that. Um, areas where they need to improve it, though, are the AI, because uh, they're so inconsistent at the moment. I mean, if I've... If you check my YouTube channel, then there's a video of there on of me playing on, on there. And uh, in the rain, when it's wet, they are several seconds off the pace. And then when it's dry, they're several seconds faster. And trying to find a kind of sensible in-between where they're competitive is quite tricky at the moment. I played the, um, the demo of Project Cars 1 on my VR PC, which is not a not a top spec one but it's not too shabby either and i struggled on performance so is the performance better or worse than project cars one uh, i prefer it i think it's better i think they've optimized it a lot more um and i i mean some of the effects are actually incredible the, the rain effects are much improved in my opinion um there's also snow in project cars 2 which i don't believe there was in the first one i don't remember playing the snow in project cars one um and yeah it, Everything about it is just so far has been fantastic. I haven't tried the online yet because that tends to be appalling. Any public server racing is just a nightmare. So I haven't gone there yet, but the career mode is proving very enjoyable. Okay. So when you say it's appalling, is that because people crash into you or because of network problems? Yeah, because the quality of the racing is just a diabolical. People just ram into you in the corners, which is why right. on okay. the second thing I've been playing this week, which is iRacing, that's the complete opposite because on that you have uh, rankings. So at, depending on how you drive, you are then assessed um, a skill level based on your driving ability. So you get um, ranked ranked gaming, ranked, ranked races. So you're always playing against people of similar skill um, and people that go into the first corner and crash get relegated to the rookie level and never progress. So the more you practice and play on iRacing, the better you become, the more challenging the races become. And they're thoroughly enjoyable, the racing on iRacing. So that if you're interested in multiplayer racing, iRacing is the way to go. It is, however, a lot more expensive because you have it's a subscription-based model. So you have to keep paying to play. Right. Um, other things we've been playing, uh, mainly mobile. Uh, I played a game on my Android phone called Datawing, which is a very short game. If you're looking for a quick game that's quite fun to play data and have a look at that uh, it's kind of like a uh oh, what's the word it's like a racing game but you don't race anyone it's like time trial stages it's 2d yeah, top it's down cross, it's like cross between that and uh, sort of like super sprint and thrust 
Yeah, yeah, you kind of. Is it the one you talked about recently, Andy? I remember you mentioned it. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was the one that went. It went round um, social media quite a lot because it was properly free. Like there was no in-app purchases, and it didn't yeah. cost anything. And it turned out it was quite good, and it controlled well, even on mobile. So the, the controls are fantastic. You can, yeah. you when you fail, you know that you. It's because you've cocked up the uh, the, the controls, basically. Yeah. It, it is literally just press the left screen, left hand half of the screen to steer left and the right hand half of the screen to steer right. You don't have to be very accurate whereabouts it is. And, is it Micro Machines uh, controls, basically? Um, pretty much, yeah, but it's Similar, all yeah. as well, so yeah. And it's also the actual, the, the back the backstory is quite interesting as well, with it being set in kind of inside a computer and you're delivering packets of data and you can kind of uncover this letter that someone's writing. And it's, it's all very, um, it's all quite simple, but it's very it's all done very well. Yeah, that, become, that kind of reminded me a bit as... Um, um thomas was alone kind of yes yeah very much yeah yeah i felt it was good that yeah i was i was kind of hoping for a bit more kind of just as i thought it was getting going it said well done you completed it um i wanted to i wanted the story to develop more with kind of a a virus infecting the system and trying to trying to corrupt you and maybe give you some options to take the good path or the bad path and you can either get corrupted or not if i was being cynical it was given away free because there's a sequel in the works yeah, quite possibly. And if there is, I will very definitely be interested in buying that. Yes, yeah, it would. Um, so other than that, um, two games that I've been playing for years and years and years. Uh, they are Disk Driving and Carcassonne on iOS. Uh, they're just two games. They're probably the games I've played the most ever now, those two games. Um, they're just brilliant. I, so. I, I had no idea you were still playing Disk Driving because I remember that was going the rounds years ago now and i just assumed it had evaporated you know people who moved on to other things so who are you playing against uh, mostly ugvm people uh yeah, niaz okay. um lots of lots of people hack um there's a lot there's about 10 or 12 races i've got on the go at the moment wow. and i'm currently playing a mammoth mammoth game of carcassonne with niaz um it's the got every expansion available enabled and it's been going on for about three months now and we still got over 100 tiles to play so that's gonna run on and on and on that 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 game's absolutely perfect for playing on a computer despite being um a board game simply for the bit at the end where you have to count up the fields yes because that's virtually impossible when you've got a massive board because you miss them it, you know there's always bits where you i didn't realize that i had a person in there and i didn't realize that that bit joined to that bit and yeah yeah because you've got the bridges and all sorts of things now absolutely if somebody does that for you that's great so that kind of sums up what i've been playing this week or this month good okay and so then what have you been up to uh i've been playing more zelda because it's probably the game of the year although i might review that opinion uh, in a week or two okay. uh, when something new comes along okay um, how many how many um, stuff are you up to now I'm up to 98 shrines. I have a third divine beast. I can't remember if I had that last time. I don't think I did. Right. Um, so I've got the uh, the camel has joined my cause. Um, okay. I'm just making good, steady progress. I was hoping to get it all uh, wrapped up, all shrined and finished by the time Mario Odyssey came out. That's highly unlikely. Yeah, I suspect so. You do know you yeah. can just go and knock on the door and go and beat um, Ganon now, don't you? Uh, yeah, but I read somewhere that once you do that, it locks off the world. But once you finished, yeah. you finished. No, 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 no. When you finished, it goes back to the save game just before you beat him. So you uh, can just wander off and do what you want. I, I haven't done any of the shrines yet. Oh, well, sorry, not the shrines. It's the it's the main bosses, the divine beasts. I've not done any of them. I've I've played for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I've done hundreds of shrines, and I haven't done any of the divine beasts. So I'm wondering if I should do them or save them all to the end. 
um, um you would do your best to do them and and i would suggest you get at least the elephant and the bird yeah they're the first two i got they give you very useful powers yeah yeah okay that's um, good to know yeah uh destiny 2 a little bit not as much as i really thought i would have done when i bought it i i don't know what it is about destiny 2 but it's not destiny anymore um it almost feels like they've gone from one extreme to the other with everybody complaining that to get anything out of it, you had to put 400 hours of grinding into it to giving you almost no reason to play the end game because there is like almost no grind left and it just feels empty and soulless. Just and kicking things. Yeah, just the the weapons in Destiny have personality. You know, you, you wanted them. They were ridiculous and they were absurdly overpowered and kind of game-breaking, but that's what made them fun. I think I remember when I played Destiny, I played it co-op with two friends. And the thing I struggled with was there was no punishment for dying. So if if something was hard, you just kept throwing lives at it. It was like being in the arcade with a massive bag of pound coins. Um, Is that... Do you not find that? Uh, well, they've changed up a few things. So for one, the Nightfall, which is the weekly extra hard strike, it used to just be a strike with some modifiers to make it ultra, ultra hard. Um, mm-hmm. It's now all of those things, but with a time limit. So you can't keep dying. Yeah, okay. Um, and a few things like uh, in the boss encounters in the raid, I've not actually done the raid, is what people have told me who have done it. Um, each person only gets... Uh, one revive so once you revive somebody you can't then revive anybody else until you've finished that encounter or until the team's wiped right. um, so doing the destiny one raids quite often you, you'd have like 15 16 deaths before you actually manage to get through it but continuously reviving in order to keep the team alive yeah uh, so they do seem to have made it so you can't just kamikaze run like you could before. yeah okay um but yeah just it's lost some of the magic spark um, you know, there were there were guns before like Galahorn and Icebreaker and Thorn that were just so stupid. And But when, once you got them, it felt like you, you just wanted to go out and have fun with it. You wanted to just spend a few hours just going around shooting people with this ridiculous rocket launcher that exploded into a million pieces. And there's just nothing like that anymore. It just feels by the numbers and just a bit lifeless. Sure. Now, I, I'm not a Destiny player, not a Destiny 2 player at all. Um, but my understanding is that the game, the original Destiny, with the expansions over the first few years, it became an almost totally different game yes it right. did is it likely that destiny 2's expansions are then going to move into the direction that the fans want so it's possible it will you know get become better i mean, I, I would imagine that they have to um i mean it's not that it's bad um it, objectively it's probably a better game than the last one it just doesn't have that creative spark that the first one had at times mm-hmm. um and whether or not that's something that you can you know patch in Probably not. So, I mean, they could improve it with an with an expansion, but it depends how good the expansion is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I played a bit of Everybody's Golf, uh, which uh, the new PS4 one. It's lovely and charming. Apparently, the end game is broken with uh, desperation to force you into microtransactions. I doubt I'll ever get around to playing it enough to do that. But apparently, that also breaks the online play. But I've not played it online yet. But it's it's happy. It's fun. Can't see me sinking as many hours as I did with the Vita version, but it's a nice way to waste half an hour when you've got to spare half an hour. Is it just golf, or is it golf with a gimmick? Uh, nope, it's just golf, but uh, with it's just golf with little anime characters running around being happy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and the Gran Turismo Sport demo, um, although looking at how much content's in Gran Turismo Sport, it probably it might as well be the full game from the looks of it. Um, it kind of made me want it. 
Is that in a good but, way in the demo has loads of stuff, or is that in a bad way in the full game clearly doesn't have much? The full game clearly has very little. Right. Um, there's no traditional career mode. Um, the number of tracks is under 40. Um, it was over 80 in six. The number of cars is around about 165, which is down from 1,200, which is a fairly hefty drop. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, it looks great. The UI is great. Um, it's got all that Gran Turismo polish that you expect. And I do want to play it because I do love GT, but I can't really justify buying a game for full price at the moment when it appears to have less content than the previous prologues did. Right. Okay. Uh, right then, um, things I've been playing, three games, um, really. Uh, actual fact, one game, really, over the last two weeks. Uh, first game is Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, or Lego Star The Force Awakens Wars, if you read it like it says. Um, it's, as I said before, it's a Lego game. You smash things, build things. It's okay. It's fine. Um, nearly done now, I think, 75 80%, something like that. Um, play it in co-op, so it's fun doing it that way. And, um, yeah, enjoying it. Um, another game is uh, Golf Story on the Switch, which unfortunately I haven't put much time into since the last episode. I was hoping to, um, because it's great. It's really good. The golf in it is really good, although it is golf with a gimmick, not like everybody's golf. Um, it's more like Mario Golf or, um, you know, that kind of thing. It, there's a lot of fetch quests and chatting to people and um, unusual things you have to do, like bounce balls off turtles and um play games by only landing the ball in bunkers and stuff like that it's um, like a, a 2d top down sort of like classic pokemon type graphics is it is that the right game it looks just like like something like pokemon only yeah. you can drop a ball wherever you want and tee off huh, okay um yeah so obviously you spend a great deal of time dropping the ball in front of people and then smacking them in the face <laughs> okay um, so is this uh, I got golf stories again. I'm interested in, but obviously haven't got. So, do you? Is it like a round you play 18 holes, or is it an adventure game where you've got levels to do? How does it work? Right. Well, there's a number of um, different courses. You start off with one course, and then you unlock them as the story progresses. Um, you basically have to do things for people. So often they say you need to go and get this item from such and such a place, and you do. Um, some of the people, in order to help you, they set you challenges. So there'll be things like uh, getting to a hole in a certain number of shots or um, hitting a certain number of targets. Or um, There's also Frisbee golf. Um, it's definitely not Frisbee golf. They specifically say it's not Frisbee golf. It's disc golf, um, which which is the same kind of mechanic but slightly, slightly different. Um, so you have to do some stuff for that as well. There's a mini golf bit as well. Um, and an awful lot of uh, strange people and there's a lot of humor in it as well some of the comments that are made um, are quite funny um, and yeah it's, it's, it's an adventure game um, for the most part and then you get bits where you actually have to play a semi-serious round of golf um, I think most of the courses are nine holes I think one of them seven there may well be bigger courses later on I don't know um, where it's it's played quite straight in a lot much like um sensible golf style um but uh, then there are these odd gimmicks where like in one of the courses there's moles if you land near a mole the mole will come and pick the ball up and stick it in a bunker um you know stuff like that so it's it's not it's not quite golf but it's not quite an adventure game it's somewhere in between the two but it's it's good it's a lot of fun could it be described as animal golfing uh there's no animals <laughs> but yeah no. just well, human golfing you are you human. said there was, you no, said there's, there was there's, a mole yeah, there are moles. Yeah, there are moles. Actually, the, the, well, it's kind of a slight spoiler, but the the, the moles are actually being um, mind controlled um, to to create some kind of zombie horde. Oh. Oh. Yeah, which you have to see off by um, 
uh, teeing off your balls from the top of some kind of camper van or something to knock the zombies up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, it, I was hoping for Animal Crossing with golf. Oh, not Animal Crossing. What is That's Animal Crossing? Like it's, it's merging with the cranium rats from Planescape Torment, which were like these underground rats that were yeah. all mind controlling one another. Yeah. Um, is Animal Crossing, or at least Animal Crossing to some degree, is Stardew Valley, which obviously has been out on the PC for forever now. Um, and I do have a copy on the PC, but I've never played it because I don't want to sit in front of a PC for umpteen hours playing essentially um, Harvest Moon. I'd much rather have it on a console, and especially on a handheld console. Um, and I've somehow managed to put nearly 40 hours into that, and it's only been out, what, 11 days? So I'm not sure how that's happened. Um, she's seeing as every single day that you spend in it, you're just doing menial tasks like um, hoeing the ground and then planting seeds and then watering all your seeds. And then a bit later on, you come and harvest all your um, crops and then you sell them all and you talk to a few people and then you go to bed and then you get up and then you do it all again. Um, only occasionally you go into a cave and you mine in the cave or you fight things in the cave in a kind of Zelda-y type way. Um, or you, again, do menial tasks for people like they want them want you to bring them a leek or a potato or make some beer or something like that. And, um, yeah, it's it's really good fun, but it's, I don't know, it's tedious. It's incredibly tedious, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm somehow addicted to it. Um, so I'm a little worried what might be wrong with me there. But um, Well, it's yeah. a very popular game, isn't it? Like, I, I think it's like yeah. been a bit of a, a hit. Yeah, I keep but hearing it, about it everywhere. So it's obviously it's it's tapping into something that humans like to do, right? Repetitive, boring tasks. Yeah, yeah. Actually, a lot of people are saying it's, it's it, oh, it's relaxing. You know, it's it's you could go and you can just chop down a load of trees, or you go and milk your cows and stuff like that. I'm finding it really stressful because the limited time in each day, and if you don't get back to your house by about two o'clock in the morning, you just fall asleep where you're standing. Mm. Uh, you get robbed in the night. And um, some creepy guy um, wakes you up and says, I had to drag you back here. Uh, somebody may have gone through your pockets. Can't can't guess who that might be. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, you, you can't take your pickaxe to the back of his head. So, um, you know, um, yeah, it, it, I think I'm, I've made it a bit darker than it really is. Um, yeah, I did, have it, I did buy it on Steam for the PC, but it never really grabbed me the way that um, Animal Crossing did on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, it's a well. I say it was Animal Crossing. It, it really is a lot more Harvest Moon than Animal Crossing. There's there's um, a bit less in the way of fun interaction with everybody else there, and a lot more in hard, boring work. I think you certainly can't write letters to people and send them cherries. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much taken up all my time for the last two weeks. Want? I would like um, some time to play anything other than Stardew Valley. But assuming that happens, um, there's three games on my list, one of which is out uh, in a couple of days, which is Fire Emblem Warriors. I've not got a pre-order in for it. Um, I really do want it, but um, Stardew Valley is kind of getting in the way. Um, so I know I'm not going to have time for it. I can um, never play the Fire Emblem games because I just no, can't no, this handle is- people dying in my team. Fire Emblem in name only and in characters. This, this is oh, Hyrule is this Bar- Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, it's Dynasty Warriors with ah, fire. Okay. Right, okay. So, yeah, lots uh, of death and plenty of death in that. Yeah. You know, I've mentioned this before. Big fan of Hyrule Warriors. This is basically the same game, only with Fire Emblem characters. I don't really care. It, it'll just be 
brilliant. So there's that. I want that, but um, it might. Well considering happen. how much you enjoyed um, Hyrule Warriors, there's like a million games like this. So why are you waiting for Fire Emblem Warriors when you could just play any of the other Warriors or Rogue or Atogi or whatever it's called? It's like there's, you know, this, there's, these have been coming out for years and years and years, and as far as I can tell, they're all the same, right? They are, yeah. Warriors. I have played some of them before, and I've never really, you know, twigged with it. You know, they've not really um, stuck with me. Um, but Hyrule Warriors, probably because of the Zelda overtones, um, it worked a bit better, I suppose. And also, it's one of the ones, they're not all, but but that was one of the ones that was um, two-player um, uh, simultaneous play. So I played a lot of that, um, and so is this. And I don't know, it just... just just want it basically i'm not justifying it to you i just want it anyway um so besides that one obviously uh mario odyssey is out in 10 days time it's something yeah. like that or next, less next friday that. so that's been pre-ordered um i'm a bit annoyed at toys r us with the way it's been pre-ordered because they've insisted on sending it to my work uh not to my house and i'm not there the day it comes out and they won't change it and i can't cancel it because i got it on offer and it was really cheap so yeah anyway might have to wait well. for that I'm mildly disgruntled because I've realised that I'm going away next weekend um, and I, I'm i going somewhere where I could potentially take my Switch and maybe get in the odd half an hour. Um, but unfortunately, I'm leaving early on Friday before it arrives. So, bar humbug. Good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll maybe put that off for over the weekend. I'll have something else like Stardew Valley to play anyway. Um, and the other thing which something caught, caught my eye this week is a game called Save Me Mr. Taiko, which um, is a Switch game. And when you look at it, it's a Game Boy game, um, all in style and colours and effects and everything. Uh, you play a cute octopus, and it looks a bit like a Kirby game, and um, it, it just looks like a new Game Boy game, only with an octopus in it. I, I don't really understand much about the game, but it looks fantastic, so I want it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that's me. Um, uh, Toby, anything uh, you want to yeah, I'm looking forward to, we're about a month and a half away from Doom VFR um, coming out. Um, I really enjoyed Doom 2016. That was a huge thrill for me to step into original Doom with 2016 graphics. Now I'm really excited to be stepping into Doom 2016 with VR graphics. It's, you know, it's just, that's just so a thrill Doom, to, to visit Doom. somewhere that is special to me. Doom VFR, is this the original Doom in VR? No, it's Doom 2016 in VR. Right, okay. No, it's a whole new thing. It's it's elements of Doom, but it's not it's not the game Doom. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, it's the universe yeah. of Doom 2016 in VR, yeah. but with new gameplay. So it's like yeah, teleporting. I, I, I think if they just trans, uh, uh, transplanted Doom 2016 well, into bad. VR, yeah. you would you would die. <laughs> I've played um, Doom 3 in VR, and that was kind of hard work for me. And um, there's a there's a very good. Um, third-party mod for it to be fair they've done a good job but um i'm fairly susceptible to motion sickness so it was uh it wasn't quite it. maybe it's better now when i played it um there was still a couple of things that were sending me over the edge but um i have quite a lot of faith that bethesda will probably get this right i hope they will anyway um also looking forward to budget cuts it's been very quiet since that game was first announced but every like they, they tweet about once every two months so they're obviously still alive in there somewhere um, neat corporation i think is the company um, but yeah, still holding a flame for that one. I think quite a lot of people are. Yeah, I'm definitely on my want list that one. I just wonder when it's going to come out because it never seems to get anywhere. Yeah, well, hopefully it's just going to be really polished and great when it comes out. I mean, the demo was like, I was very happy with the demo. Like it really got me moving around my room. It really got, like it tapped into that hide and seek feeling that, um, you know, that feeling of can they see me? Can't they see me? Am I hidden? When shall I jump out? When shall I attack? Um, 
it was yeah, it was great fun. So um, I'm looking forward to playing a whole game of that. It was the first um, game of VR that made me hit the wall repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, the, the other thing I'd like, I was thinking because I've been enjoying Dishonored so much and thinking about how you sort of feel like a, a spider jumping out, getting prey. I want a game where I'm a spider. Uh, I don't know if one exists, but one where I'm like in my web and waiting for the bugs to come by and like jumping out and grabbing them. I think that'd be fun. And I was thinking, well, who would do a good job of that? And I thought it would be a bit like the Rocksteady Batman games, you know, because in those games you might be sort of hanging from the ceiling and waiting for someone to walk underneath and then you swoop down and grab them. Um, but I never really got on with those because they were third person. So I, I want a first person spider game by Rocksteady. That would be ideal for me, I think. So good. So something, something that's definitely going to happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Luffer, um, what are you after? Well, I- when, when this first generation of what this current generation of consoles was released, I said to myself, I wasn't going to buy any of them. So I don't have an Xbox One, I don't have a PlayStation 4, and I don't have a Switch. I instead decided to use the money I, I would have spent on those consoles to upgrade my PC and do all my gaming on PC. However, now I'm sorely tempted to pick up a Switch with Mario Odyssey soon to be released and the golf story, which you were talking about earlier, already out. Um, I'm still not sure I can justify a console on two games. There doesn't really seem to be anything else on the console that grabs me at the moment. I don't know if anyone else can give me any suggestions as to what else I should be looking at. Zelda. Zelda. Yeah, I've got that on the on the Wii U, though, so I'm not sure I can really justify a second copy. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Have you <laughs> finished it on the Wii U? No, I haven't. As I was saying earlier, I haven't. Pl- I haven't actually defeated any of the beasts yeah. yet. Oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, don't bother. Just start again. I've I've explored virtually all. Out. I think I've done the whole map. I've explored the whole map. I just haven't actually taken on the beasts yet. Stardew Valley. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, so apart from that, um, Metroid: Samus Returns on 3DS looks very tempting. Going back to classic Metroidvania kind of gameplay. I played the first 20 minutes of that at EGX. Um, it's really good. Um, the 3D is really nice on it. So there's something about the Chozo ruins. Where, like, we've seen them all in 2D in, in the old um, Game Boy Advance SP games and whatnot. But seeing them in 3D made them feel bigger and older to me. Um, the gameplay seemed like classic Metroid, so you know what you're going to get there. But it did seem like quite a nice um, 3D presentation, or at least a game where the 3D brought something, rather than just cool visual effects, it seemed yeah. to give it more gravitas. I looked yeah. at some of the reviews and they were kind of saying the gameplay gets a bit repetitive after a while, but I'm not sure. I, I still quite like the idea of a classic Metroid game. Yeah, I'm hankering for it, honestly. I did a bit. Um, the only thing I didn't like is the kind of um, up-close punching thing that you can do. The uppercut, yeah. Yeah, when that, that doesn't feel right to me. Um, in the game. I mean, I'm sure, sure it'll click eventually, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of takes you out of it being a Metroid game to me. That I thought it was okay. didn't bother me. Uh, so other than that, another game I'm looking forward to, well, it's not a game, it's a it's an update to iRacing, and that's what was released, it was announced yesterday. Uh, it's the Red Bull Global Rallycross. Um, it's coming out later this year, and it's going to come with a new car, which is the Volkswagen Beetle, and it's going to incorporate heats, um, which leads to the final. Um, that's a new thing for iRacing. It's going to come with four new tracks, so that's, uh, that's definitely on my want list, although I will have it because I subscribe to it. So it's, it's, when it, once it's released, I will have it straight away but yeah that's going to be very interesting to see that um also looking forward to fallout 4 in vr um i bought the i bought fallout 4 on steam when it first came out but never actually played it um so it's been sat in my steam library untouched so i think i'm going to wait for the vr version to come out i'm i'm in a similar boat 
I didn't buy Fallout 4, so I'm, I'm better off than you, but um, I also haven't played it because of that. Um, so I'm kind of thinking I'll probably give that a go when it comes out in VR. I'm a bit worried about the performance um, because, you know, it's so crucial um, in VR, much more so than on a normal PC game. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to wait for the reviews to make sure that it runs okay because I don't really believe that it will. But maybe it will. I'm not sure what the movement mechanics are going to be. Is it going to be a teleportation or is it going to be a D-pad Float around. The feeling I've got that it's going to be quite permissive, so you can either use D-pad or teleport. Like I think they're putting both in there. I would go for teleport personally. I always think. Yeah, I, I think that feels more natural, or less motion yeah. sickness inducing. Yeah. If I could teleport in real life, I would. So I don't see it as a compromising game. Uh, budget cuts also on VR, which uh, Toby was talking about. Looking forward to that when it eventually materializes at some point. Hopefully this year already next year we'll see um and finally fifa 18 for the sole reason that brighton hove albion are now in the premiership and i can get the amex stadium so uh yeah fifa 18 for that reason alone really that's like your local stadium that you've you've been that's to have my you local been? team yeah they're just down the road from me so that's my that's my local mm-hmm. team that's who i support so having the amex in fifa 18 is quite exciting for me and it's probably the only chance <laughs> i'll get because we'll be relegated this season that's like when i went to um new york and walked a load of places where i'd been in deus ex or san francisco and walked a load of places i'd driven in metropolis street racer it's just like there's something nice about seeing somewhere in real life that you've been to previously in a game or vice versa yeah virtual tourism yeah i was i was able to fairly accurately navigate my way on foot around yokohama purely from having played pgr2 so much I thought you were going to say Jet Set Radio. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> in Paris, uh, first time I went to Paris based on um, Midtown Madness 3. <laughs> rooftop to rooftop. Yeah. Talking about that, because I'll go back to my sim racing again, because that's the thing I do a lot. Um, but it's just uh, like Brands Hatch is my local um, race circuit and going there and seeing the racing and actually right driving in the simulator and it's just incredible how accurate and realistic these games are now and you can sit in the car and you can navigate around the whole track good uh zo then uh just mario which is soon and the only other one is life is strange before the storm episode two which is out on thursday right um, I'm I very did excited. Something on my PS4 yesterday, but presumably that wasn't the episode. That was some pre-update for the episode. I'm guessing. Uh, I guess so. I haven't turned my PS4 on in a couple of days, but uh, yeah, I believe that the episode is out on Thursday at some time or other. So I'm really hoping I can get through that on Thursday night before I go away for the weekend. I would like to bin um, Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, not really so much. Now, I was going to have a moan about how, unlike every other LEGO game I can think of, where the post-game collectible mop-up stuff is made easier by some sort of checklist, there's nothing here. Okay, so on LEGO City Undercover or on on any of the others, for example, in the Hub World map, it will show you which levels you still haven't collected red or gold bricks or characters or vehicles or or mini-kits or whatever, and it will show you how many are missing and, and, and things like that. But The Force Awakens doesn't. Um, you have to enter each level and you have to wait for it to load, which takes ages. And then you have to check on the pause screen and then you realize you're in the wrong level. So you have to quit out and then you have to wait for the hub world to load and then you have to do it all again. And you could use a piece of paper and do a checklist on there, of course, but you don't because you'd expect it to be in the game. So that was what I was going to moan about until I played it yesterday and realized that that only applies to two player mode. For some reason, that part of the hub doesn't appear in two player mode. So when you go to the map screen, you've only got half the screen and they've decided to save space and take all that important information off. 
So if you quit back to single player mode, it's all there again. And it's just just baffling. So the number of times we've gone in and out of levels looking for specific red bricks and then realising this afterwards. So I'm going to bin the fact that it doesn't do it in two-player mode instead. I've I've always just done the story game in Lego games. I've never done the completionist thing. I'm not much of a completionist person in games. I know in um, Goat Simulator, I, I started a spreadsheet because you can connect uh, collect trophies in that, but it doesn't tick off whether you've got them or not, at least in two-player. I haven't tried in single-player, so maybe I should try that. But... Um, yeah, I had to actually open a spreadsheet and make a list of them all and then go down marking whether I'd done them or not. I got about a third of the way through it. I think I probably won't finish because who's got time, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what would you like to bin, uh, Toby? Uh, yeah, so I, I finished Singularity. Um, it's a slightly aging FPS now. Um, it doesn't have field of view sliders in it, so you have to download a little tool which some clever person has put together which um widens the field of view to whatever you'd like um even silly numbers um but you have to remember to run that first so i kept running the game and spending 10 minutes feeling claustrophobic and annoyed before realizing that i'd forgotten to run this widescreen fixer and then having to close it and go out and run the patch and then run it again so lacking fov sliders in games they they should just well they should just all have wide fovs but i guess if people don't like the wide ones then they should give a slider I'm guessing that's something that more modern ones generally have, is it? I think so. Yeah, some people get it's get quite good with them these days. A lot of games have them, but they're still not ubiquitous. I, you know, for me, it's something that matters a lot, but maybe to other people it doesn't matter so much. I don't know. Obviously, to some other people it matters a lot because there's people making these tools. It matters a great deal when you have three screens, as I do. Um, yeah. You need to be able to change your field of view because otherwise it just looks ridiculous on a three screens when you can't have your field of view changed. Right, yeah. And it's, it just it drives me mad that in this day and age, a lot of the big main releases still don't include these simple tools. Um, it's, it's literally a variable in their coding software that they just need to have a setting for and they just I don't mean, do it. So with Singularity, when you push, when you hack it to push it up, um, you do see that your arms, you know, like your normal first-person shooter arms at the bottom of the screen, you see the end of them. So you don't have elbows. They just kind of go past your wrists and then just disappear. So like that would be a quality control problem and they would have to do more work. So it's not just the case of putting a slider on if they want to release a quality product and not have people complain about you know graphical glitches so i can kind of you know i can kind of see how it comes about but um i'd rather just have the slider please what things like widescreen fixer do fix most of the issues but there are still games where even that can't fix the issues yeah. so. what so for three screens what kind of crazy field of view do you use i mean what how many degrees do you go up to uh, it can be about 220 degrees sometimes. Wow. On the game. <laughs> a, a screen's wrapped around you, so it's, yeah. a bit, it's not quite as good as VR, obviously, but the field of view is quite similar to VR. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. You need a, a lot of graphical power, I guess. Y- yes. That's why you have the consoles. Exactly. I mean, I'm running a 980 Ti in my computer at the moment, which isn't top range, um, but I just have to lower the graphic settings to get the, th- the frame rate high enough to run the three screens. Blimey. That's an investment. Um, so anything else you'd like to bin offer? Uh, there's been an update to Steam Link recently, and it's broken stuff, and it's very frustrating. Um, I use a Steam Link on my TV downstairs. I've got a nice, large 65-inch TV, um, and I use a Steam Link, which is kept to my PC, so I can play PC games as a console on a big TV. You, um, you know what would be perfect for a 65-inch TV? What's that? 
a games console. You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so big picture mode um, in Steam is brilliant because it, it basically turns your TV into a games console on the computer. Yeah. Um, but there's been how I play PC games when I do, so... Yeah, there's, there's been an update that's broken things. So now I can't access my three screens, which I could before. I can now only access the center one. Right. Um, they've added new virtual sound drivers. So it's just cocked things up completely. Um, there's various issues. And also, um, I currently use wireless from the PC to the router. Right. Um, but I'm cabled from the router to the TV. And before the update, I could stream absolutely no problem whatsoever. It would do 60 FPS solidly. Now I'm constantly getting frame drops and, and mm. lag, and it's driving me insane. So something they've done in the update has broken things. This is good to know because I use my Steam Link for playing Life is Strange on the PC piped to the telly downstairs. Um, it's, I'm playing it in Sofa Co-op with my wife at the moment, and she has no tolerance for technical issues. So I will next time we're going to play, I'll make sure that I've checked that it's still working. Because yeah, it would be really bad if she was sat down ready to play for the evening and it didn't work. So on the plus side, Sam, if you have a Samsung smart uh, Samsung smart TV, they have now released a native app on the TV for Steam Link, so you don't need to buy Steam Link hardware. You can just oh. download the app. Plug your controller and you into your connect, TV. Connect a 360 controller to the telly with a you USB can. dongle. You use the wireless USB dongle. As long as your t- smart TV's got a USB, then you just plug your wireless dongle into it and you're away. That's quite cool. That does sound good, actually. Hang on, what, what, which TVs are they? Uh, it's any Samsung TV from 2016 onwards, I believe. Ah. That'll be probably in everything one day, then, won't it? That's interesting. Good. It's not everything. I imagine that's their plan. Yeah, save, save them making Steam links that they only sell when they're on offer. Hmm. Um, okay, Zoe, then. Uh, all I really want to bin is Destiny 2 for the reasons I already gave. Everything else is pretty good. Oh, RIP Destiny 2. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, since the last episode, um, we, we've we had some questions from listeners, uh, listeners plural. In fact, I've looked at the stats. They've gone into double figures. It's amazing. Um, so we'll just quickly rattle through these then. Uh, first one from Tim Miller, who's uh, from UGBM. Uh, he says, which version of Bomberman was the best? And then before I can answer with Eric and the Floaters, obviously, he said, and jumping in before Andy, Eric and the Floaters isn't the best. Well, it is. But no, it isn't. I, well, I, no, I agree it's not. But yeah, that that is what I would have said because, um, yeah. But you could walk through the bombs in Eric and the Floaters, which that, cut that's true. half of the game mechanic. That's true. And one of the fun things as well, which is really annoying, but the really fun is, is every few levels you get the automatic bomb laying ep- um, level. So yes. you have no control. You have bomb diarrhea, basically. Uh, yeah. So you, you say you bomb diarrhea. For me, a floater is when it won't flush. So what are we talking about here exactly? They're, right. they're like balloons. Yeah. So Eric and right. the floaters is okay. basically Bomberman. It's the first Bomberman. Okay? Right. And the floaters are literally just balloons. In fact, the first Bomberman game called Bomberman, most of the baddies were balloons in that as well. So Do they all float down there? I presume so i don't really understand the setting of it or who eric is or why he's called eric are you aware that it's a spin-off from another game i am but i can't remember the name of the game but it's some msx game i think yeah it's a well, it's a spin-off from load runner ah okay um, so the protagonist in Bomberman is one of the guards in load runner really and if you complete the game then at the end of the game he transforms into the main character from load runner ah but it was only in eric and the floaters because after that they then changed the graphics and it all went in a different direction sure so, so quick, quick poll then. Which which bomberman is the best bomberman? So, so I, there's um, 
I, I, I kind of think maybe Act Zero because it was so yeah. awful. It sort of pinned that <laughs> Xbox original Xbox era as being like you know the, the pinnacle of crappy pandering to teenage male gaming and hopefully we all learn a lesson and we can start moving back up into interesting media again so that's possibly the one i go for um otherwise you've got bomberman land touch which has got this really generous eight player local or four player internet multiplayer which i've used to play with my family um if everyone's got a ds you know you can all play it so that's really good um i I was going to go with act zero as well but um that's been taken so i'll go with saturn I'm torn between two. I'm torn between Super Bomberman uh, because that, as far as I know, that was the first um, four-player game that you could play at home using a multi-tap. Um, and the other one is Atomic Bomberman on PC because it was the one that I've played the most and so therefore it has a place in my heart because it's the one I know the best. I, I did find there's a, there's a clone of Bomberman that goes by the name of About Bombs and Explosives, which I haven't played, but I think it's a brilliant game, although it does kind of describe most computer games. But I, I just kind of like the matter-of-factness of it. That sounds I think like, I'd have to sort of Super Bomber Man just because it was the first four-player game. Yeah. I, I'm actually happy with any of the PC Engine, the Super NES, the Mega Drive, all the Saturn ones, really. They're, they're fine. And uh, can we just say, before we move on from this, out of all the game computer game characters that exist, why is Bomber Man not in Smash Bros? Hmm. Um, because Konami decided to put him in the bin. It's disgraceful. It is. Well, they've now put video games in the bin as well. That's it's a bomber man. Yeah, there's a bomber man game on the Switch. You know, uh, don't play it. Um, okay, uh, next question from uh, we didn't actually get a confirmation of exactly how you pronounce his name, so I'm going to say Gazimod again, um, which is Dan uh, on Twitter, and he says, "Why did DK hook up with Chie in uh, Persona Four when Rize is the best waifu? Because Chie question. is the best. What's yes, a yes. Wa- waifu. Waifu. Waifu." I like, believe it's a it's pillow, exactly. pillow with an anime girl drawn on it that you cuddle and pretend it's your wife, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in Persona 4, there's a number of girls who you can date, um, and you can actually date all of them pretty much. Um, but I chose one over the others, and it was Chie that I that I chose. Uh, Rize would probably be fun, but she'd probably get boring after a while. Um, well, I, I chose Yukiko, so what do I know? Yeah. But, um, Did any of these anyway. choose you as well, or is it uh, a? Oh no, they all choose you. <laughs> they they all choose you. <laughs> all choose you. You just choose which one of them because you know that's how it works. Is it like Pokemon? <laughs> More? Are we t- we talking? <laughs> no, you, you have to spend in-game months developing a close personal bond with them, and then when you oh, get okay. it high enough, you can ask them out. Months is I'm not getting horrible. Uh, so it's a bit like in the Elder Scrolls Oblivion, where you can marry and things like that. Then, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's, you don't get an awful lot extra out of um, actually making one of them. You Sorry, it's not, it's not Oblivion, is it? I'm thinking of um, a different game completely. But Fable. Fable. Fable, that's the one, yeah. No, not quite, but uh, yeah. It just, it just gives you a nice tingly feeling. So my reason is she was best, the end. Yeah. Uh, next question from Mac, um, also on Twitter. He said, what do you think of the loot box trend in AAA games? Boo. Yeah, they don't like it. I don't like it. I but, don't like it. Good. We don't like it. Um, from um, from <laughs> more Sama. Say no more. Yeah. He says, are you still playing VR games? Have you all got eye strain? I haven't got any VR games to play. Uh, no eye strain here. Love VR. Spend lots of time playing sim racing in VR, and it's the most amazing experience. I love um, VR. I never play VR because <laughs> other games get in the way, and I don't have any time. 
I, I kind of rotate between PC consoles and VR. Um, so I'm on a PC mode at the moment for the last week or so. Um, but I'll probably be getting back to VR. I know there was just an update for Space Pirate Trainer that I'm really looking forward to trying because that was even the early access was brilliant. So I want to try the final thing. It's it's been released now. Um, but the games I'm mostly playing are not so much games as experiences. I'm getting more fun out of things like Mind Show, which lets you sort of you know act out these silly cartoons or um, Google Earth. Uh, keep coming back to um, the other creative things like. Tilt Brush and um, Masterpiece VR. Like, rather than I, I thought I'd be using it for shooting aliens, but actually I use it for exploring weird physics environments. It's um, it's not what I expected, but I, I like it very much. Okay, so not the done thing this perhaps, but I'm just going to go quickly back onto the loot crate thing, loot box thing. Um, obviously, one of the reasons why we they put them in is because games aren't making them enough money. So, how would people feel if they had to pay eighty pounds for a game and not have? loot boxes personally i probably wouldn't buy it i mean it wouldn't wouldn't bother me no probably not i mean in in real terms they're the cheapest they've ever been by some distance i mean you look at inflation and game prices haven't budged in years so the 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 real the real price of a game these days should be in the 70 to 80 pounds i would have thought yeah I mean, if, if you're comparing it, you know, what was it, seventy pounds for a Street Fighter Two cart on uh, yeah. on the Super NES? That'd be like 180 quid now. Yeah, but then uh, also, I, 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 I don't really have a solution, um, and I don't really mind the idea of games as a service. I don't really mind the idea of expansions and whatnot. I do have a problem with buying random boxes of random stuff where you have no idea what you're going to get. It's also an issue when a game is. They say, they say, oh, you don't need the loot crates to play the game, but then the game clearly has a grinding mechanic built into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, anything where you are paying to speed up progression, um, be that via loot crates, be that via like the gem things they have in mobile games that follow this same mechanic, um, I can do without that. If you want to charge for anything that's uh, an item or whatever it is, as long as it's not going to like break multiplayer or you require it to progress, and you say exactly up front how much that item costs and you will definitely get that item, then I'm fine with that. Do what you like. Yeah, that sounds fair. Okay. Um, the last question we have then is from Chloe Embry on, on Twitter. I'm, gla- I'm guessing that's Chloe Mathbury. Yeah, yes, that's my lovely wife. Ah, yes, I thought so. Um, what can couples or pairs play that's easy to pick up and put down, like Guitar Hero and Mario Kart, but will consider platform-level games? Lego games are my go-to for things like that. Yeah, I was going to say any Lego game. She doesn't yeah. like Lego games. Well, no. that, oh, so, too, um, too late. Just, just to give you a bit of background, um, uh, since I've known her, I tried to get her to play Portal, but she lasted about half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, she has played through one of the latent games... We've played a fair bit of uh, Rock Band together. Um, the only non-music game we've played together is we've played all the way through Yoshi's Woolly World in co-op. Um, and she'll play a bit of Mario Kart. Uh, you could play Zelda Four Swords. Uh, I could play Zelda Four Swords. I'm That's trying to think. quite hard. Yeah, if, do, I, do if... I actually have the, the gear I need? Do I need two GBAs and a copy of Four Swords on GameCube? And two link cables. Okay. Um, no, I've... You, can actually, you can actually play a version of it on two 3DSs. Okay, well, we've got two 3DSs. So yeah, I, I'd that. suggest um, Sofa co-oping Life is Strange or Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us or any of the Telltale games, the Batman I, one. I, I do keep leaning on her to play Life is Strange, but she uh, she hasn't fallen for it yet. Um, also, um, games which work well for couples because you have to sort of squadge together. They're Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is a single-player game that you're supposed to yep. play 
on one controller, but if you're willing to get squadged up on a sofa, you can actually both yeah. share the controller. Um, oh, so true. that would be one to try. Yeah, I, I've played that, and uh, I've, I've played that single player. It never occurred to me that you could actually just have a person on each analog stick. And then also um, in WarioWare Twisted, there's something called a love tester where you have to hold the Game Boy and it measures how much you love each other. That would be an obvious <laughs> one to try. Okay, well, I um, think I've got a copy of that lying around somewhere. How about Keep and, Talking and Nobody Explodes? That's a fantastic co-op game. Uh, it is, but will it work if there's only two of you? Yeah, yes, one of you does. The, only the one reads the manual. Yeah, I just always thought of it. You, you have lots of people reading the manuals for. Yeah, I haven't played it with two player, but I've seen videos of people playing it two player. So it does look like it works, but I guess it depends whether you're in. Like for me, I would say that's a hard sell. Do you want to look at manuals with me this evening? You know that. Yeah. Most people would say no to that. Like that, yeah. I would say yes, but most people would say no. I feel like it would work better as a party game. That's the only context I've tried it in, and it does work in a in a group. Um, Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo on the Game Boy Advance SP. You can yeah, play two. Or- two player on one Game Boy Advance. So again, you have to squad up, but um, okay. that works. Yeah. The Mario Party games. Games, that would probably be fun. Yeah, Mario Party as well, yeah. I'm not sure I have a Mario Party. I do have that um, terrible Animal Crossing Animal Party game just because it came with some Amiibo I wanted. Oh, I've, no, I've not played it. But that's actually quite good, the, the board game, when you get like three or four people playing. that's It's, it's, it's I don't know, variant on Snakes and Adders or something, I suppose. But um, that's, that's reasonably good, actually. All right. Yeah, it's yeah. Quite, the other mini games you get with it when you've when you've unlocked them. Some of those are quite good as well. Although the other thing you need amiibo. If you have an Xbox One, um, they have now something called Copilot mode, where you can take a single player game and split the controls across two controllers. So one of you can Ooh. jump while the other one runs, or one of you can shoot while the other person drives, or you know divide it up however you like. So you can you can have asymmetrical responsibilities. Um, I haven't actually tried this yet, but I think it sounds like an interesting way to get people who don't normally play games into playing games by giving them you know a third of the responsibility maybe that sounds interesting she does actually yeah, i forgot she does she has played quite a bit of forza horizon 3 so maybe uh, she can steer and i can uh, dry and uh, accelerate equally absurd yeah wheel and pedals <laughs> yeah uh, two more i can suggest um affordable space adventures do not know that no, um, that's up to three players. Um, you're basically a spaceship that's a bit broken, and you have one person who can navigate and one person who can operate all the engine room controls. Oh, I've got all this right. on Wii U. I thought that was a single-player game. It's up to three players. Is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Because I remember playing it. I've only played like the first half an hour on Wii U, and I thought that's really good, and then forgot I owned it because it's digital. Um, but it seemed like a single-player game because you have the tablet in front of you with all of the controls. So what does the other person do? The person who has the tablet does all the um, engine room stuff, and then the other people can have ordinary controllers, and one can um, uh, aim like your torch or your guns, and the other person controls the um, uh, maneuvering the ship. I'm going to try and play that with my son. That sounds good. Yeah. There's also Don't Starve Together. Yeah. All right. Which yeah, I, I think it's basically well, the same. But... I, I haven't. I think didn't they give it away with PS Plus on like release day of PS4? Maybe, um, but I never played it because I went on uh, howlongtobeat.com and it said it was about 300 hours. So I just went, oh, not going to start that. Yeah, I think it's one of those games you don't really ever intend to finish it. But um, I do have another one as well, which is vaguely similar to Affordable Space Adventures, which is Lovers, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Oh, yeah, it's, oh, good, yes. it's hard, though. It's hard. Yeah, so yeah. It depends really if you want an easy ride or not. Yeah. Didn't that just come out on Switch like last week? Or... It did, yeah, last week. Yeah. Okay. I probably got it on something. I think that's quite a few suggestions. It was on Game for Gold, so if you have Xbox Live, you will own it. Okay. On yes. I, I, I knew I'd had it on a list somewhere. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, and that's it then from us uh, for this episode. Uh, there may well be an episode three at some point in the near future. Um, so thank you to uh, Zoe and Luffer and Toby for joining me today. Um, if you want to contact us, you can email us at podcast at ugvm.org.uk or you can follow us on Twitter at UGVM podcast. Um, would anybody else like to plug any accounts or websites or anything? Um, let's say Zoe. Uh, I'm at Simoniac in all the places. And Toby? Uh, I am Ask Toby on most places apart from Twitter, where I'm at S-K-T-O-B-Y. Of course you are. <laughs> and Luffer? Uh, I'm at Lufferov, which is L-U-F-F-E-R-O-V. Um, and you can check out my YouTube channel of me not crashing into walls at the first corner on Project Cars 2. Excellent. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad somebody can do that. Um, well, that's it. That's it from us. And thank you very much for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.